welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Should we just pray before I start? <clears throat> May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. So my name is Michael Gowan and I'm part of the uh, East Birmingham and Solihull community where we have the very exciting project to see whether we might be able to start a site there. I'm very excited about that. And I'm one of the 30-somethings. My problem is that the something is rather big. <laughs> and it just gets bigger each year, unfortunately. But there we are. That's life, isn't it? Now, we're doing a series called Encounters with Jesus. We're looking at people who encountered Jesus in the Gospel of John. But also, this is an opportunity for us to have an encounter with Jesus. Because Jesus is alive today. Jesus died, but he rose again. He ascended to the Father and he lives, still lives at the right hand of the Father and is interceding for us today. So my prayer is that we, through seeing how this lady Mary had an encounter with Jesus, that we will have an encounter with Jesus. And we're going to have an encounter of extravagance. Mm. So let's read the passage that I'm going to speak about in John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You'll always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he'd raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. So this is the scene for the passage. Let's just set the scene. It's Jerusalem. That's the same Jerusalem as we have today in the state of Israel. It's six days before the Passover, the main Jewish feast of the year. Tens of thousands of pilgrims coming from all over the world. The city is bursting at the seams and emotion of the city is rising because not only is it a wonderful celebration, but everybody's saying, 
is Jesus going to come into the city? Because they know the visceral hostility that there is between Jesus and the chief priests and the rulers of the Jews. Jesus had just done one of his most amazing miracles. He'd raised Lazarus from the dead just when Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. And the Jewish leaders were out, not only to kill him, but to kill Lazarus as well. How sick is religion when you want to kill somebody who God has raised from the dead? Religion without Jesus is awful. And this takes place in a place called Bethany. It's just a mile and three quarters from Jerusalem. So it's all going on over there. 40 minutes walk away. Jesus is there having this quiet meal. Then something extravagant happens. Next slide. I want to draw two things from this uh, passage. Firstly, an extravagant God is calling us to be extravagant. Next slide. Anybody recognise these? Have you got a lawn or seed beds? What are they? Hmm? Sycamore seeds. Pain in the neck, aren't they? They're not so bad on the lawn because you can just mow them, but they get all on your flower beds. They get behind everything. A sycamore tree produces 10,000 seeds each year. How many of them become sycamore trees? One, two, if any. That's extravagance, isn't it? Next slide. Recognise this? Frog spawn. Do children still collect frog spawn today? We used to love collecting frog spawn. You know, you go to a pond and you get your net and you put it in a jar and you have the jar at home and you see it just developing and then the tadpoles come out and then you tip them back into the pond where they're probably promptly eaten by uh, something else. (laughs) Because a frog produces 4,000 eggs. How many of them become adult frogs? Well, not many else. We'd have a plague of frogs like in Egypt, wouldn't we? That's the extravagant God. The, I don't know whether you watch The Blue Planet, you know, with David Attenborough, Richard Attenborough, David Attenborough. David, yes, that's right, yeah. What, what the amazing episode I remember of The Blue Planet was the deep ocean, thousands of metres down where nobody had ever been before, totally dark all the time, and they expected when they got there, there'd be nothing there. But they found all these incredible creatures that nobody had ever seen before. And we could see them in, our, in, the, in the TV screens in our homes. That's extravagance of God to create these things that nobody knew about for thousands of years. He's an extravagant God. And I just want you to turn to the person next to you. And if you're online, turn to the person next to you there or write something in the chat. Say, when have you done something extravagant? Just give you a couple of minutes. Okay. Okay, great. You can carry on your conversation afterwards. This is what the Bible has to say about God's extravagance. Uh, Next slide. Psalm 65. 
He says, you care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with corn, for so you've ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy and sing. It's just a hymn of abundance, isn't it? An extravagance. We have an extravagant God. <clears throat> and our Jesus, our Saviour, is extravagant. We have a Saviour with extravagant love. Later on in John's Gospel, he will, Jesus will say to his disciples, I have loved you totally and completely. <clears throat> and I woke up um, uh, one day, I think it was the middle of the night, and I'd got this old hymn going through my head. If you're under 50, you probably don't know this one. Next slide. But it's a lovely hymn. It swirls around. <clears throat> it goes like this. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, bound, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free. And on, and on, and on. I'm not going to sing the rest of it, but it's... I just felt myself in this ocean of God's love. And not just swimming in it, but submerged in it. And you could stay underneath as long as you wanted. Just realise the vastness of Jesus' love. And if you don't know that love, if you've never been introduced to that love, maybe you're here for the first time. Then there are people here, the site passers, myself, the, uh, the team, who would love to introduce you to that love of Jesus. God is an extravagant God in creation. Jesus is extravagant in his love for us. And Mary understood this and she reflected it. She took perfume worth on today's money about £20,000 and poured it over Jesus's feet. Now, next slide. Jesus said this, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So what Jesus did, how he behaved, is a pattern for us. So if Jesus showed love extravagantly, then he calls us to do the same. And I want to ask ourselves, how can we reflect Jesus' extravagant love back to him and to the world around us? I wonder how you were extravagant when you, you just um, broke up into little pairs now. Was it towards yourself? Did you do something really extravagant for yourself? Or was it for somebody else? Because Jesus' love is always extravagant towards others. Extravagance towards yourself is what I would call the cult of celebrity. Mary did not take the perfume and pour it all over her head and say, look at me, aren't I great? That would have been stupid, wouldn't it? <laughs> Um, and if you look at some, I don't know, I'm not a great social media person, but if you, I've sort of been aware of some celebrities' social media sites, and they're pretty self-indulgent. You know, it's like, look at me all the time. That is not the love of Jesus. So here's three ways that we might be extravagant. Firstly, we can be, ex yeah, next one, please. Yeah, we can be extravagant with our money and our possessions. We can give to somebody who's in need. We can give to an organisation, a Christian development or mission organisation. We can give to Ukraine. 
Or we can just do something simple like take friends out for a meal and bless them with a meal. We love doing that, actually. That's a great thing to do. You might say to me, I'm sorry, Mike, I can't be extravagant with my money because I haven't got any. Ah, but here's the good news. Extravagance is not a matter of quantity. It's a matter of the heart. Jesus, uh, one day he was sitting next to the temple treasury where everybody put their money in. Now, in those days, when you wanted to give, um, you didn't do it online because they didn't have an internet. But um, you made a big show of it if you've got plenty to give. So here's the, here's the, here's the big thing you have. And uh, <clears throat> I'm coming along. And I, um, I make sure that somebody blows a trumpet. So they go, da, 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 Mr. Michael Gowan, 5,000 pounds. And I very conspicuously put my coins in because they didn't have notes then. And everybody's going, wow, that Michael Gowan, he's such a holy guy. And I'm going, yeah, aren't I just? <laughs> a problem with that kind of giving is that there's no reward for it, Jesus said, because you've had your reward here on earth. At the same time, there was a widow. And widows, they really had a raw deal in those days. There was no social security or widow's pensions. She came along. And she put in just two copper coins. And nobody noticed her. And they probably, probably pushed her out of the way, saying, make way for the next big giver. You know, you're in the way. But Jesus saw her. Jesus sees those things that nobody else sees. And he said, you know what? Which of those people has been extravagant? He said, it's not all those important people putting their thousands of pounds in. Because he said, they're just giving from their surplus. He said, it was that widow because she gave everything she had. So extravagance is a matter of the heart. Now next slide, we can be extravagant with our time. I wonder how much time you give to God in prayer, Bible study, worship, devotion, five or 10 minutes a day. Well, that's better than nothing. But maybe you could give him a bit more. Maybe instead of watching a television program, you could just give God an hour. Just sit before him, just enjoy his presence. Uh, this week, uh, Jill Rogers from our community called people together from our, our East community to uh, pray for Ukraine in her house. And um, there are about a dozen of us. And I looked around and I saw some very busy people there. I know their lives are really busy. They have responsible jobs. They have family commitments. And yet they had been extravagant with their time by giving up time to go and pray for Ukraine. And the result was quite remarkable. It was the most remarkable prayer meeting I've been in for years. A dozen of us aged between 15 and 87. We prayed solidly for an hour and a half without a break. I've never been in a meeting like that for years. We picked up God's heart for Ukraine. That was the, we, we were extravagant towards God, giving him our time. He was extravagant towards us, revealing his heart for Ukraine. And maybe some of your other communities might consider calling people together to pray for Ukraine if you haven't done so already. You know, it's easy to just let life drift on and God sort of is on the, uh, on the periphery. I... Uh, I have, uh, one of the benefits of being retired is you do have a little bit more time. 
I, have a, I give myself a Sabbath every week. I learn, um, John Wright, our leader of, national leader of Vineyard, he has a Sabbath and he goes out on his motorbike. I've never had a motorbike, um, mainly probably because one of my friends was killed on a motorbike when he was 16, but uh, I um, never really wanted one. But I go out on my push bike uh, or I walk. And uh, I just go out for a day into the countryside and I just, I'm with God. I don't, I don't intercede. I don't expect any great revelation. I just enjoy his presence for a whole day out in the countryside and look at his beautiful creation. There's some lovely places not too far from Birmingham, you know. And uh, this week, I was really quite busy this week. Retired people do get busy, I would let you know. Um, although I have to say I've seriously downgraded my um, definition of busy since being retired. Uh, and I thought, oh, I really haven't got time to do my Sabbath this week. But no, I decided I would be extravagant towards God and I would have that day. And it was a day that God blessed. God calls us to be extravagant towards him and extravagant towards others. How much time do we give towards others? And again, it's not the quantity that counts. It's the heart with which we do it. Now, um, I, uh, the thirdly, Next slide, we can be extravagant with our blessing. Andy, could you bring me that bucket, please? Uh, I forgot to bring my prop. So, thank you very much. So here's me when I go to God in prayer. Oh God, oh God, I have so many needs. There's so many things I want to pray about. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. Oh God, please bless me, please bless me. And I'm kind of ready, I'm ready to receive. And then somebody else comes to me. Mike, will you pray for me for a prayer of blessing? Oh, let me see. What have I got? Ah, yes, here we are. Here we are. I've got a little bit of blessing for you. There you are. Bless you. Bless you. Aren't we often like that? You know, we want it all from God, but we're not so keen to give it to others. And I, I was once leading a Bible study, and I got a real shock, because this was the verse. Next slide. This, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's in Matthew. I suddenly realised the way I was treating other people actually affects how God treats me. Gosh, that was a shock. Because <laughs> I'm not really a very other-oriented person, naturally. There's a disparity. If there's this disparity, we're never going to receive a bucket full of blessing if we're just only giving out little cupfuls. Blessing is so important. Next slide. This is what Peter says. Do not repay evil with evil, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Can we bless extravagantly? Even bless those people who've hurt us, betrayed us. We don't have to get to know them or be reconciled with them necessarily, but we are called to bless them because it makes a difference to our heart and it makes a difference to the spiritual atmosphere. But note that extravagance is not always well received. Judas was there. Hey, what are you doing this for, Mary? That's a stupid thing to do. Extravagance divides the room. Uh, some of you are probably doing Lexio 365. I don't actually, but um, Liz does and she tells me about it. 
And they've been doing this story in Lexio 365 this week. And one of the questions I was, I was taken aback, it said, when did your devotion to Jesus last shock somebody? Whoa. Hmm. <laughs> That's an interesting question, isn't it? And just to close, I'm going to say very briefly about the second point because I'm running out of time. It's important that we learn to respond to, G to the Holy Spirit speaking through our intuition. <clears throat> what Mary did was stupid, crazy and irrational in, our, in the head. She took the equivalent of 200 bottles of Chanel Number no. 5, right? That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> and she didn't just pour it on Jesus' head, she poured it on his feet. And then, that was the thing that the lowest servant did. And then she undid her hair, which only prostitutes did in public, and washed his feet with her hair. What a crazy thing to do. But she was being prompted by the Holy Spirit because Jesus commended her. He said, she's done this for the day of my burial. And notice that extravagance gave an opportunity for revelation. Mary's extravagance enabled the people there to learn that Jesus was going to die very soon and he was going to be buried in such a hurry that they weren't going to be able to prepare his body properly in the Jewish way. Extravagance gave revelation. There's a small Dividing line between extravagance and recklessness. And the difference is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And we need to learn not just to hear God through our minds, but through our intuition as well. Because if we only ever communicate, God only ever communicates through our mind, God is no bigger than our mind. So, I could, give you, I could give you many experiences of when God has spoken through my intuition and it's turned out to be uh, uh, accurate and blessed. But time has run out. So let's stand up. I believe this is what God wanted to say to us today. He, he wanted to call us to be a people of extravagance, reflecting his nature, reflecting his love with our money, our time, our blessing, and whatever else we may find to be extravagant with. So I'm just going to ask the Spirit of God to come and reinforce anything that he said to us. Come, Spirit of God. We welcome you. Pray anything I've said that's not helpful, you would just uh, take away and reinforce anything that is from your spirit, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.